If the United States Conference of Bishops gave me complete authority for one day, I would take the lectionary translation used in the United States and throw it away. You probably get tired of how often I complain about how terrible our translation of Scripture is, the one that we're forced to use in the ma- at Mass in the country. Today, we have a frightful example of what I mean. The kingdom of heaven, says our Lord, may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed a huge amount. A huge amount, is what we're told. What does that mean? He owed him a million dollars? That would be a huge amount for all of us, surely. No, our Lord really says the debtor owed 10,000 talents. The American lectionary simplifies that because the powers that be think you can't grasp math. 10,000 talents is an unimaginably huge debt. How long, say, could it take for a person to work off this debt? In Jesus' time, one talent was equal to 5,000 denarii. 10,000 talents would be 50 million denarii. And the wage for one day of work was one denarius. Just one. The man in the parable owes a debt equivalent to 50 million days' wages. That equates to almost 137,000 years of work. The servant in the gospel who owed a debt of 10,000 talents would have had to work at the usual daily wage of one denarius a day for 137,000 years before he could pay off this debt. That is a little more than a huge amount, in my opinion. St. Augustine tells us that each one of us is in this same position before God, that the servant in the gospel is before his king. The 10,000 talents represent the unimaginable debt that we have accumulated by all the sins, offenses, and negligences that we commit against God. Even if we could live, says St. Augustine, without committing a single sin for the rest of our lives, we would still never be able to make up for that debt that each of us already owes to God. St. Ignatius of Loyola also explains to us the extent of the great debt that we owe to God. Ask yourself, he says, in the course of my life, was there a single day in which I did not commit a sin? Look at the commandments of God and of the church. Is there one that I have never transgressed? Remember past temptations. How many times did I not give in to those temptations? Consider your senses of taste, sight, touch, and hearing. St. Ignatius urges us to consider those as well, which of them remain pure and was never used for sin. We could never, by our own means, make up for the offenses that we have committed against God. We could never pay back the debt we owe. But in spite of that, our Lord Christ, like the King in the parable, forgives us our huge debt of sin. When we humble ourselves and acknowledge that we have sinned, not occasionally, not from time to time, but an uncountable number of times, and then confess our sins sacramentally and beg for the divine mercy, the Lord forgives us our debt. But if we remain proud and stubborn and refuse to admit that we have sinned, or if we make light of our sins and say, oh, what I did wasn't really that bad, then we cannot be forgiven. We are still in debt and we will suffer the terrible consequences of our actions, which will be far worse than anything the servant of the gospel had to suffer. St. Ignatius also reminds us that we owe a debt to God because of the not only because of the sins and offenses we've committed, there's also a debt that we owe to him for the number of blessings, favors, special helps, and graces that he gives to us each and every day. Like the number of our sins, the numbers of gifts and graces we have received is an unimaginable number. 
Of course, none of us would be able to name 10,000 gifts that we receive from God every day or the 10,000 ways God shows us his love every single day. But that is only because of our inability to understand the depth of the love that God has for us. How many times does our heart beat each day? How many breaths do we take every day? Each one is a gift from God. Each day, God gives us the light of reason and intelligence so that every thought we have is a gift. God allows us every day innumerable acts of our free will. God has given us our sight, hearing, taste, and touch, which we exercise countless numbers of times each day. And that is only the beginning of God's gifts, not to mention all the supernatural graces of faith and prayer that he gives us in our, for our salvation. In addition to that, there is one gift greater than all of those, the gift of our Lord's very flesh and blood in the Holy Eucharist. He unites himself to us in love at the moment of Holy Communion every time we receive more closely to our own soul, uh, more closely to us than our own soul is united to our own body. If we only knew the number of times that we had been forgiven and the depth of that forgiveness, if we only could see the number of gifts, natural and supernatural, that we have received and comprehend even slightly the gift of the Eucharist and the other sacraments, then we would get a glimpse of how great our debt to God really is and realize that we could never, even in 137,000 years, come close to paying back that debt. Now in today's parable, in spite of all the king did for that servant by forgiving all of his debt, the ungrateful servant could not find it in his heart to forgive the minuscule debt his fellow servant owed him. Our Lord says the second servant owed him a hundred days' wages. St. John Chrysostom says that this parable shows us that when our accounting is made before God, if we have not forgiven others, God will say to us, like the king in the parable, I shall call you back and demand of you payment for all the sins and offenses I forgave you. And in justice, you will also have to pay me back for all the gifts that I gave to you. How long would it take to pay back such a debt? Could we possibly pay it, even in 137,000 years? No, says St. John Chrysostom. It would take an eternity. It would take an eternity of suffering in hell, for the time of forgiveness and mercy will have passed. If we refuse to forgive others, we may punish those that hurt us to some extent, but we will destroy ourselves. On the other hand, if we choose to let go of our offended ego, then our debt of sin, no matter how great it is, will be forgiven, and our eyes will see more clearly the innumerable blessings and the salvation and redemption that God has given to us and our hearts will be open to God in thanksgiving and in love of him and of others.